This podcast contains strong language and adult themes from the outset. Hello and thanks for listening to this special lockdown episode of Because You Watched, the podcast that comes up with brand new ideas for TV shows and movies. My name's Rory and I'm a producer. It's my job to identify an underexploited video on demand category and gather some creative people to brainstorm some ideas, all recorded remotely from the relative comfort of our own homes. In this episode, a celebrity cult is discovered to be worshipping an evil and disturbingly greasy master, an unassuming IT worker hits on a devious money-making scheme, and a British 1970s comedy icon goes to criminal lengths to alleviate a rampant skin condition. Joining me for this brainstorming session is male comedian and pre-ghost Paul Foxcroft. Hello. Feminist agitator Rachel Paris. Hello. And Rachel's husband and level one cheese master, Marcus Brookstock. Hello. Now, your category this week was suspenseful TV dramas which is a real category on Netflix. But before we create some new entries for that category, let's look what already exists within it. Suspenseful TV Dramas has 192 titles within it at time of recording, including Your Homework to Watch, which was the pilot episode of Breaking Bad. Now, for those of you who have apparently purposefully not been seeing Breaking Bad, it's a 2008 TV series that ran for five years, which Netflix describes as this. A terminally ill chemistry teacher teams up with a former student to manufacture crystal meth, to secure his family's future. So that's the gist of it. Uh, But what did everybody think of this first episode of Breaking Bad? It was very trouser heavy. Yeah, there was a lot of trouser-based plots. The opening shot is of a pair of trousers flying into the air. And then then just two scenes later, the same character is wearing trousers. And then a few scenes later from that, they're out buying trousers for their son. Uh, it, it, so it's a very sort of, it's I, quite misleading. It I makes think you think an, this is mostly going to be about trousers. I think it's an allegory. Oh, yeah? For what? I haven't worked that out yet. I've only seen one episode. <laughs> it's got allegory written all over it. Well, I, I really enjoyed what I've referred to them in my notes as Chekhov's trousers. Yay. Um, yes. Because they reappear. They're a thematic uh, a motif, if you will. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I, enjoy, I very much enjoyed that. Um, Walk me through the particular journey of these trousers, Paul. Scene one, the trousers are mysteriously flying through the air as if granted (laughs) superpowers Yes, uh, in pursuit of a van. (laughs) Then the opening title sequence, and boom, the trousers are back, but they're being worn by a man? Yeah. That's a time jump. Yeah. And we've got questions there. Well, how did the trousers get onto that man's uh, crotch and legs? Mm -hmm. You know? Yes. Why did you have to say crotch? (laughs) That's part of a, that's a principal trouser area. Yeah, yeah, but it's one of many principal trouser areas. You know, you could have said waist or bum. Or gooch. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't think of the trousers. I don't think of the waist as a trouser area. Seems like a boundary. Well, you're wearing some pretty low trousers, if that's the case. That's. <laughs> do yours only go to the top of your legs and no higher, Paul? <laughs> they do. Because they just do. Cover the very, Those very are... top of the crotch. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's. <laughs> They're stockings at best. And, and these are just some of the questions that the pilot episode of Breaking Bad inspires in viewers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's a moral conundrum. But as, you know, as we've been talking about it, it's actually made me wonder. Of course, we're all focused on the trousers. But is it is it actually about the pants? Oh. Do you see what I mean? I see. Like the absence of trouser in both the lead character and later on his son Actually, where does it not? Where does it take you? Wait, 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 wait! Yeah. I just remembered. Also, Aaron Paul, when he's yes. climbing out the window in episode one, doesn't he climb out in just his pants? Yes, he, he does. does. Yes, he does. And then, and thematically throughout the certainly the first episode, Aaron Paul's pants are visible mm. the whole time because he wears his trouser very, very low. Like Paul. So, so uh, Rachel, let's uh, have you take a crack. What is the the uh, inner a paragraph. What are the events of uh, the first episode of Breaking Bad? Oh, so um, first of all, we see a, a general idea of how bleak um, the main character feels his life is. 
because he turns 50 and he has uh, fake bacon for breakfast. Uh, So that's like a sign of like, oh, my God, my life's really bad. Um, And then he collapses and we find out that he's got cancer. uh, And then... um, we realise he's a chemistry teacher and then he meets Aaron Paul in his pants and then he says, Aaron Paul, do you want to start Breaking Bad with me? He doesn't actually say Breaking Bad, but I think we all know that's what he's saying. Um, and then he starts making drugs and then and then there's a fire. So so uh, we agree that it was suspenseful. Mm. Did it's anyone... definitely suspenseful. It's that they took it all very seriously. I mean, he works... <laughs> The lead character works not only as a school chemistry teacher, but also to make some extra money for his wife and disabled son. Uh, he works in a car wash. And the, the first scene where he's working in the car wash, they didn't even play Rose Royce working at the car wash. They didn't even <laughs> like, know. there wasn't even a nod to... And that made me think, oh, this is a very serious car wash and not at all like the ones I've seen where people wear little shorts back to trousers. A lot of self-restraint on show. Huge. So if that is what we have to live up to, we may as well get started and see what everyone else has up their sleeves. So let's start with Paul... Paul, what is your idea for a suspenseful TV drama? All right, now, this was written before we had the conversations we've just had, so you'll okay. see some weird, some some themes present <laughs> okay. in this. Um, the title is Provisional, mm-hmm. and I'm not sold on this, I'm not tied to it, but it's Underwear. Underwear. <laughs> but underwear. Under, yeah, under, and then new word, wear, with an H, as in the location. Oh, nice. Okay, underwear. Okay, got it. So here's the pitch. Three independent contractors are working in the sewer system of a major metropolitan city. Let's let's make it New York. They're working in the sewers, and they are breaking down a fatberg. um, Oh, yes, I know this. In one of the sewers. We're all familiar with the fatbergs, yes? Yes. Um, Only to discover that the thing is alive. It lurches into life, dragging one of the workers away with it into in a tunnel and kind of runs off. They give chase to save their friend, and they discover uh, they're looking down on a larger chamber with several people in it, all of whom are like wealthy and famous people. Each of mm-hmm. them is worshipping the fatberg beast and ritually murdering their colleague. Uh, and they're all, they all eat the other guy. Um, and then they're met by a pair of investigators who are a retired police officer and a scientist who are looking into these disappearances. And together they unravel the, dis- the secrets behind this weird group of rich, influential people who worship monsters made out of pure fat that live <laughs> in the sewers. Um, wow. Now, that has the potential to be quite dark, but mm-hmm. I've solved that by casting all the principal characters with um, Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So this is the, the Muppets underwear. Who would play the Fatberg? Um, it's a CGI thing, but it's voiced by Peter Cullen, who was the voice of um, Optimus Prime in the original Transformers cartoons and the films, and uh, also Venger in the original Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, which I have been watching. So the Fatberg itself is sentient. Does it, the, does it are, want... There's more than one. Oh my god! It's a community of them. Oh Does it word. want to be worshipped? Yeah, it's like um, it, in my mind, it's like a sort of moon child figure, okay. a sort of, like a sort of Lovecraftian yes. entity, but born Does out it... of the excesses of capitalism. <laughs> Does it make? Does it make sort of speeches and stuff oh, in, yeah, in yeah. which, in which it, for example, encourages people to inject bleach into their bodies and stuff like that? No, Is it because that despite it. Of- it's, it isn't, because despite it being a literal monster, it's not a cunt. Um, <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. That's interesting. How many oh. fatbergs are there? Because like, my worry, Paul, I'll be honest with you, my worry is that if there's if there's too many fatbergs, then mm. it, it starts to lose the sense of what a fatberg is, which is, you know, all of the fat coming together on one big horrible That's thing. That's very true. Do they? Yeah. I mean, you're using the guy from Transformers, and let me just run this up the flagpole well, for Paul a second. Paul hasn't answered my question yet. Sorry, but but it was it was an an addendum about whether the fat books <laughs> right. come together to make one. Yeah. All right. A sort of Paul, Optimus Prime notes. style. Okay. Yeah, he, could, am, he, he am, could be saving. Can, that. He could be saving. I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer both questions at the same time. Which is, although there are many, there are multiple fat books. <laughs> they can uh, undergo a process which I've called congealing, 
Uh, to become mm-hmm. one larger dominant fatberg mm. or separate ones, but they are in de- they're not like it's not like a hive mind because that's not a thing. Um, it's they're independently intelligent. Is it like a Power Rangers thing where when they want to congeal, they can yeah. make some sort of declaration and then they all come together? Yeah, they all lock together. Uh, they they can they can do the Voltron thing, but it's less it's it's fast. So do, yeah. do you know do you know it's possible to buy sculptures made of butter. Delicious. I, I did. I didn't. Um, are, are they for eating? Are they like novelty butter sticks, or are they for looking at? I don't know. I've seen. I've seen like one of the. There's a one in the US, of course. It's of course. Of course, mm. it's in the US. As it, it's a. It's like a full size butter sculpture of Elvis, um, which is a. <laughs> it's a bit on the nose. Elvis uh, but, was uh, a full size <laughs> butter sculpture of Elvis by the end. Exactly. <laughs> but that's like, like I imagine the fat could do that. So it can like it can create um, oh. simulacra of people. Here's. Um, he- but Here's they look a little pasty sorry. and greasy. They look greasy and pale. <laughs> Here's a, and I've got uh, I've got bits in them. A note, uh, Sylvia. This true story to Silvio Berlusconi after a liposuction session had his own body fat turned into soap, which was commercially available at a very very high price. Uh, that's a true story. I just wonder whether somehow you could link Silvio Berlusconi's liposucked. Uh, fat to the fatberg and somehow yeah well you could totally you could totally have a scene like uh where they say our our, our our contractors who are down in the sewers at the very very start they like somehow managed to get a bit of the fatberg like that's when when the initial titles like the strangest things titles kicks in like they they get out of the sewers they escape with their life and they're like mm. holding this little blob of fat in their hand and it like zooms in on the fat then eventually obviously they would take that to some sort of lab and they're like what is this thing <clears throat> they do the dna test and it's like oh my god it's berlusconi nice. yeah no. I love the idea that a lab in New York has Sylvia Berlusconi's DNA on hand <laughs> for comparison at any point. Paul, who is the heart of this suspenseful TV drama? Like, I assume the Fatberg is the villain. But who's, Correct. Whose story are we following? We're following um, so the, 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 the sort of Scooby Gang of uh, four characters, which mm-hmm. is uh, the two sewer workers who survive, who are both Muppets. Uh, voiced <laughs> by John Boyega and Daisy Ridley, because they can I, can, I, uh, can I ask which Muppets they, they are? I think these these in this case these are two new new build Muppets. Oh, okay. For the purposes of this, um, yes. then a retired hard bitten police officer played by Grover from Sesame Street. Love yes, yes, um, great arms. And a um, what I've written here, I wrote this last night, very late, is scientist, just any scientist, um, <laughs> which I think means, based on what I meant at the time, is. We literally cast a real life actual scientist in this role. <laughs> He's standing no, alongside with these muppets. no acting experience, or she, <laughs> uh, with no acting experience. Um, and then, yeah, but also, but all the cult, all the cult of rich, rich, famous, and successful people who worship the Fatberg and commit cannibalism in, in its honor are played <laughs> by famous people as themselves. Wow. And, uh, what, like, so, what's. <laughs> Have they been captured and converted to the will of the Fatberg, or have they no, gone they're... down there voluntarily? What's happened? They're they're into it. It's like um... <laughs> sure they're into it. They're yeah, doing this. Be. They're doing this. They're doing this. They're doing this deliberately. Um, and it's sort of like um... Scientology, the Masons. Yeah, it's that. Okay, <laughs> is their wealth relevant? Like, has have they had to save up to be part of this? Um, yeah, well, I think this is this is all revealed ongoing through the series. Is it looks like it's just like a sort of um, we're all rich, let's keep all the money club. But it turns out they're like consuming some of the fat, and it's helping them rejuvenate. But they're also over time becoming the fat. Oh, I see. Mm. It's a very Junji Ito esque story. There, you eat the fat, you become the fat, and they all just merge and they add to the fat blob. Yeah, yeah. Fatberg, please. That's very true. That's preferred, <laughs> the preferred term. Thank you. Um, can I make a casting suggestion? Knock yourself I know out. That, you know, you said that it could be just an, a, a real scientist with no acting experience, or it could be um, Bryce Dallas Howard playing the scientist she played in the classic <laughs> world, running around all the sewers in high heels and mm. a top which keeps sort of tearing off bit by bit. <laughs> oh, no. I think it would add a little touch of glamour, much needed glamour. Yeah, nice. And an, nice. extra, well, an, extra part, an extra bit of suspense as well. Like, sure, exactly. like, how, much, how much is this top going to rip off? Yeah, exactly. Talk, talking of casting, I'm wondering, um, we're getting a load of rich and famous people to play themselves in, in, yep. in consuming the fat, in, in taking the fat and, and the fatberg. Um, 
So, so how are we getting these rich and famous people on side? Is this a kind of uh, is this kind of a chubby rain situation where uh, we're we're kind of like fooling them into be- they don't know they're in a film. We just convince yes. them that there's a brand new hot cult around and they should all get involved. Here's some people who would definitely join a cult for free without knowing that they were doing that. Madonna, yeah. yes, John absolutely. Walter, yes, um, Sue Pollard. Who's oh, um, <laughs> Edward Norton. Oh yes, oh yes. You know, people, there's just a lot of people who would definitely get involved. Eamon Holmes. Yeah, Eamon Holmes would. Yeah, I feel he'd like take he a crack would. at it for sure. He would take a crack yeah. at it absolutely. Yeah, well, I think Eamon Holmes would believe anything you wrote down and showed him. So, how do we think this ends? I mean, obviously, we want to maintain some suspense, but where? What's the general direction we think this is going to go? Is there going to be a fight with the Fatberg, or there'll be a series of fights? It's a long-running <laughs> series. I think five, six seasons in a movie. Is the goal. <laughs> um, so okay, well, well, walk me through it. Like, how do you how do you string this out for six seasons? Like, what happens well, for to, a start, to we other do the states? movie? We do the movie as episode three is the movie. Okay, and then everything That's else, <laughs> everything else is just the sort of third act tidying up. That really keeps yeah. them on their toes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just just picking up on your suggestion for season three, there, Paul. I think one of the ways we can make this very suspenseful is by having a very unpredictable um running time for each episode (laughs) so like you know schedulers have forced creators to conform to the idea that oh this has to be 45 minutes 28 minutes 59 minutes or whatever what about a show where like the first episode is four minutes but episode three is a full feature length film Episode yeah. seven, just a standard 28. Just keep people guessing. Yeah. Ramp up the suspense. I'm into it. I, I do like that you start watching an episode and within uh, two and a half minutes, it's over. You're just like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. One episode should sim- simply be a, a single reaction shot to something that happened in the previous episode. <laughs> yeah. And then a, su- a subsequent episode of the same series is during a lull, one of the characters reads The Great Gatsby silently to themselves for what in one shot for however long that takes. Mm. Hello again. Just interrupting for a second to let you know that you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by searching for You Watched Pod, where you'll find additional content, podcast news and exciting updates on my quest for the next big thing. That's You Watched Pod on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I also want to let you know about Paul Foxcroft's upcoming Comic Relief livestream. He'll be playing Dungeons and Dragons with some of the UK's best comedians and all money raised will be going to benefit vulnerable people affected by COVID-19. So make sure you tune in to Tiltify.com at 7pm UK time on Friday the 8th of May 2020. Next up, let's have Rachel's idea. Rachel, what is your idea for a suspenseful TV drama? Well, going on Breaking Bad and Ozark and Fargo and similar things, I think we always have a your average white middle class American dad mm-hmm. um, just trying his best but getting caught up in a dark scenario. Um, so I want to um, cast uh, Nathan Fillion yeah. um, as our central character. Now, who's he? He is the main character of Firefly. Um, He's the head in Santa Clarita Diet. He's the head. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, He's Castle in Castle. Yes. He's the older boyfriend of Hayley in Modern Family. Yes, lovely. I have two two reference points. Thank you. And I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry for not knowing who people are. This is my life. Um, (laughs) So I haven't decided whether the title... I've got two options for the title. Um... And I'll ask you later which you think mm. works best. So okay. he's a computer repairman or an IT guy. Um, and he starts stealing the bank info from his clients. Um, but the clever thing is he takes tiny, tiny amounts of money from them, <gasps> from mm-hmm. a very small number of people. And he only does that very rarely. Okay. So no, so no one notices. And, yeah. And, and, that is suspenseful. Isn't it? Very like, suspenseful. How? What yeah. sort of increments are we talking here? Like literally, like two dollars. So, so every time he's typing it in, and he's like amount to steal, he like hits the two, he hits the O, he hits the O, the decimal place goes in between the two, and then, and then he just hits enter. It's like, oh, okay, it's just two again. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe even maybe he gets carried away and puts zero zero zero, and then yeah. you see him take a moment to himself and press the delete. Don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. You're only going to make five dollars today. So yeah. um, 
so the reason he's doing this is because of a crisis of masculinity um, <laughs> or he's fed up with his house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just fed, oh, just fed up with his house. Fed up with his house. Why are, you, why are you stealing three dollars? I'm just fed up with my house. But don't forget, it starts out as three dollars, but then before long, it's four or five dollars. So this is my plan. This is where it gets interesting. This is where it gets suspenseful. He takes the tiny amount of money that he's making from his client stealing. He then gambles that on online gambling roulette. He then takes the money he makes from the online roulette gambling and he puts it on the stock market. Okay. He's got an insider in the stock market with the profits yeah. that he makes. Nature's roulette. Exactly, exactly. So, um, but let, so I just need to get a sense of the numbers. So we've, he's taken $2 yeah. and he's yeah. somehow found an online gambling thing that will allow you to play with $2. Sure. Yeah, a lot of them will match that. And they'll give you two dollars. What? Exactly. So he's got, got four bucks now. No, but then he, they match it, and then maybe actually makes ten dollars. Ten bucks. Yeah, and then and he takes that straight to the stock market. Yeah, he takes it to his friend Gary, <laughs> who's an expert in the stock market in the bull yes. and bear something. Mm. And yes. um, then he starts making uh, money on the stock market. The money he makes in the stock market, he yep. starts buying and selling weed. Locally. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then the money he makes from buying and selling ganja. Yes. This, is, this happens at the end of episode four. He opens an illegal speakeasy. Oh, my word. Uh, what I need, I love it, but what I need to know is where there's the leap. So we've got a sort of $2 start, yeah. $4, then the stock market. Where's the big jump into the kind of money where he can buy a speakeasy? The speakeasy is huge. Okay. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the biggest thing in the state. The speakers. Oh wow! wow. You can and see it's from very space. Illegal. Uh, so it is still successfully hidden. Oh yeah, it's underground. Um, so uh, let me. Shall I spell Please. out a scene for you? So yeah. Oh, yeah, go so on. um, so there's this scene right where he buys the underground bar to make into a speakeasy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, do you mind sort of running this through with me? If you just improvise <laughs> the other. So Paul, if you play, who am I? Your Bill, the um, right. embittered alcoholic owner of this rundown bar. Right. Um, and you're opening gambit. How old is Bill? About seventy. And All right. Your opening stance is it's not for sale. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. Okay. So I come in. Name your price. For what? Do you want milk? <laughs> <laughs> I've got all the milks. I want to buy your Here. bar. I want to buy your bar. So it's not for sale. It's not for sale. It's to our door, but no, it was. I inherited it from my dad. It's my, he made it out of a larger bar. I know. I'm going to make it into that larger bar instead of the tiny bar you've chosen to use. I'm going to give you $4. You just whistled. I don't know if that's a yes or a no. That was me. Sorry. Who's this person? Sorry. I, sorry, I was just enjoying a drink over here. Don't worry about me. I just like to whistle. Uh, look, All right. I, here's the deal. I'll sell it to you if we can murder him. You want me to murder that man? I want us to murder that man. Sorry, I couldn't help but overhear again. Do you say you're going to murder me? Yeah. Say, buddy, uh, any chance of another glass of milk Who's here? This other guy? Who's this other guy oh, over here? Th- that's the, this is the local sheriff. I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just here for the milk lady. Oh, the milk lady's not here right now. What's becoming clear is that this bar is going to have to sell a lot of milk. If you've bought this bar, give me a milk. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going to go and get milk. I'll come back, and then can I buy the bar off you? Yeah, go on. Oh, brilliant. Okay, so then I buy the bar, and then I say, no problem, and I empty a sack of uh, of dimes onto the bar Ooh. that amounts to $4. <laughs> what a power and, play. And then cut to the speakeasy. So- Wait, six months later... And there's um, uh, men in pinstripe suits throwing dice, girls doing the Charleston on the stage, um, 20s jazz music playing, Mm. smoke fills the air, and Nathan Fillion standing on a balcony going, not bad for for an IT guy. That happens at the end of mid-season. Okay, great. End of mid-season. Can I just clarify, the bag of um, dimes, has that come from the online roulette? Have they posted Um, out the money in bags of dimes? Let me check my notes. Um, Yeah, that's come from the online roulette. They've posted him... But he also does slot machines sometimes. In in Meat World. 
yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he, but so then he gets a bit of money from weed, and then he gets sort of larger amounts from the stock market. He's got a lot of money in a lot of different places, and all of it, crucially, all of it is illegal in some way. Gotcha. Oh yeah. What's Meat World? Oh, anything that isn't online. It's what the kids say. This, this, uh, you know, such and such happened to me in Meat World. Ah, oh, my parents are such a drag in Meat World. I've never heard this yeah, before. Right. Are you now regretting, Paul, that your idea wasn't Meat World? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't amend it. Um, who, who, who is standing in the way of what Nathan Fillion's character wants? Yeah. In um, this. Well, I think true to the American tradition. His wife. <laughs> Does she right. stand in the doorway with her hands on her hips yeah. and head cocked slightly to one side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. there any chance that that doorway is in need of repair and somehow snags her clothing on the way in or out? Yeah, sure. That's part of the reason why he's fed up with his house. Now, now, let me know, Rachel. Have we have we heard enough of this idea unfurl to uh, hear the titles yet, or do we need to uh, yeah, go a bit further? Yeah. So I think for me, and I'm, I'm open to suggestion. The title options are the IT guy. Mm. Or, and this is my preference, I think, although it's a bit of a spoiler, um, speak hard. So <laughs> speak easy with the easy yeah. crossed out and hard written. Oh, nice. Speak hard. No. Well, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see why we can't call it something like that and then, you know, start the very first scene be starting kind of mid-flow when we see the the speakeasy or something happening and then it's kind yeah. of like, but how did yeah. he get here? And then we've got an excuse. Oh, I love that. And shall we have a scratch freeze frame? You're probably wondering... <laughs> How, How a little it. IT guy like me could uh, yes. run the largest, the largest yeah, illegal speakeasy in the world. Yes. Can we have if we have the scratch freeze frame? Could it cut to like when it's like you're probably wondering how this happened to me, and then we do the scratch freeze frame, yeah. and then cut to like cut to like him in a in a massive bubble. Uh, riding uh, an octopus, and then we'd be like, oh, wait, no, this was a dream I had, and then cut to the... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. I just like the idea that yeah. underrater is slightly unreliable. Mm. Yeah, I really like that. But he's probably been at the weed, his own weed, yeah. that he sells, yeah. let's not forget. I've got a few ideas for other episodes. Um, yep. So in one of the episodes, um, his wife auditions to be one of the Charleston dancers without oh, yeah. knowing that he owns the speakeasy. Um, oh. Wait, she doesn't know he owns the speakeasy. No, no, it's all a secret. How's he kept that from her? Uh, the same way that it's the, the biggest the men speakeasy in the world. No, but in these things, the wives are always like astoundingly placid and gullible. Yeah. So that's the character she will play. But she's a very good dancer. Adds an extra layer of suspense when he goes home and he has to make excuses for why he's uh, wearing pinstripe again. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't. She she hardly even. She it's suspenseful, but she she hardly even notices. She's like, "Why are you wearing pinstripe?" And he's like, "I'm not." And then she just starts doing pirouettes. <laughs> um, and then another so episode. So the pinstripe kind of blurs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. another episode. Um, his contact in the stock market, Gary, blackmails him. He wants fifty percent of the speakeasy business. Oh, 50%? Yeah. I think he should say, Gary, that's too much. He will. (laughs) He will say that, yeah. yeah. What does Gary say? And Gary says, well, unless you want me to tell um, NASCAR 3000 about your um, illegal activity, he keeps it vague. Yeah. Um, Then uh, you'd better cough up. God, Gary, that Gary's a right piece of work. Yeah, he's yeah, a right he piece of work. What, what, what is NASCAR 3000? Please tell me that's the name of his wife. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the kids call Meat World. It's evolved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's a lovely name for his wife. <laughs> Starring Bryce Dallas Howard as NASCAR 3000. Hey, NASCAR 3000, I'm home. Hey, next on the Charleston audition sheet, it says NASCAR 3000. Here I am. Wait, that's my wife's name. <laughs> what? And, 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 and so, so is it, you're saying that she's extremely placid and she, uh, so does she turn up to the audition and he's like absolutely sweating bullets uh, well, he, and then, but, but then she just doesn't even notice it's him. Well, no, what happens is, so she, she, she turns up to the audition and he's sweating bullets, absolutely. But then she's so glamorous and graceful and good at doing 1920s jazz dancing mm. that he sees this whole, so all the time she's been in this hood, like in the village, and really like <laughs> wagging her finger and really judgmental and difficult. And then he sees yeah. her as this glamorous kind of um, vacant sex object. And so suddenly it revives his marriage because he can... Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's real it's, it's, that's that. lovely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is the protagonist aware of the plot of Superman 3? 
Um, um, or the, office space. He's an IT guy, so I'm going to say yes. But for, for, for those who don't know, fill me yeah, in. Yeah, elucidate me. Um, in Superman 3, Richard Pryor has an idea where he just steals point, I think it's 0.2% of every set, every cent that uh, of, a, of a company he works for and immediately becomes very rich. And then in Office Space, they come up with the same idea and then realise it's from Superman 3, and then it's a really recognisable plot. Ah. <laughs> um, it's also and the, then they have a bit of a panic. <laughs> it's also the plot of a song by Johnny Cash called One Piece at a Time, where over many, many years um, he steals parts for a Cadillac. And then hilariously, when he assembles, uh, assembles it at the end, uh, they're all from different years of Cadillac make, and um, it's a ridiculous-looking vehicle. Well, one thing go? I yeah it goes yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. yeah. One thing I really like about the idea, though, Rachel, is that what you've done is each step of his money-making scheme is riddled with suspense because you've got he steals yes. the very small amount and yes. then he he like doubles that by placing yes. bets, which is very suspenseful, yes. and then he uses those bets to play the stock market, which is very suspenseful. Yeah, yeah. Then he starts buying and selling weed. I've seen The Wire. That's, that's very it. suspenseful. Very suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Then he opens an illegal speakeasy. Very suspenseful. Like it, it's, we, rather than just stealing the money all at once, yeah, we, we, we like quadruple yeah. our dispense budget. Our, our dispense budget, knows? our suspense budget. There might be a step after that. I don't know. Um, maybe he runs for governor or something uh, illegally. But he's got everything is illegal. Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so what you're saying everything's illegal, and he plays the stock market. What, what is he, and, and he places bets. What's illegal about him, uh, about these parts? He's got people who are helping him cheat. So I he's see. got his guy, insider Gary. Insider trading. Yeah, insider trading. Thank you. That's the phrase, yeah. And I don't know how that quite works in the roulette. <laughs> I've got it. Yeah, tell me. When he does plays roulette illegally yeah. uh, by uh, eating a Kinder Surprise in America <laughs> while he does it. Yep. Yeah, that's very illegal out there. Was uh, was NASCAR three thousand yeah. his wife? Um, <laughs> was she at any stage a, a, a croupier? Yeah, she could well have been. Maybe, Maybe that- that's how they met. Yeah, you know, like that she was an online croupier. Now, usually they use algorithms for that, but in this instance, NASCAR three thousand had that job, yeah. and that's how they met. He he thought she was an algorithm, and in some ways, he still does. Yeah, I like that. Now, in Breaking Bad and Ozark, there's a point around season four where the wife joins in the mm. business. Yeah, um, he can't keep it from her anymore. So, so maybe that's it. She's she's not just a croupier. She's also that's made her very good at sort of the gambling side of things. So she so NASCAR three thousand becomes like the business manager. Yeah, of the speakeasy, and also and then so she goes from like being the manager and everything, and then she every so often gets up on stage and, and knocks out a fantastic Charleston. Can nice. But something just occurred to me: the the central character, the IT guy, yeah. played by Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I at this stage don't know what his name is, and I just want to say <laughs> I really like that. Yeah. Yes. Maybe a kind of hook in the show is that you never know what he's called, yeah. and even in the credits, there's like some jam spilt on it or something, so you yeah, can't see. Yeah, I really like that. I've got some weed. Yeah, well, well, if, weed. It, if one of the original working titles was The IT Guy, then he can just be called The IT Guy and no Absolutely. one no one knows I like no one knows what his real name is. There's actually no character names in it apart from NASCAR 3000. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Bill. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, Bill. And, and everyone is like, you know what, I see why they didn't name everyone, actually. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> so what happens at the end of season one? So we, we, we got like a midpoint. He rises up in the ranks. He's got his illegal speakeasy. Is, it, is there a kind of Breaking Bad style mm-hmm. thing where there's kind of like once he rises to the top, things start chipping away and he's got to sustain or does he keep trying to go higher? Like what's, what's the end? I think the end of season one might be that a rival speakeasy opens on the other side of town. Mm -hmm. And the owner of that, it turns out, is NASCAR 3000. Oh my God. Okay, great. So that's the uh, that's the that's the end of season one. He like uh, crosses the road. He's like, I'm going to give this person who's opened this rival speakeasy, which is as big as mine, a piece yeah. of my mind. He storms in. Uh, who's who is it? It's NASCAR 3000. Yeah, that's it. It's Bryce Dallas Howard as NASCAR 3000, wearing a classic 1920s jazz uniform. And that is a very suspenseful way to end season one. We've only got one more idea left. It's got a lot to live up to. Marcus, yeah. what is your idea for a suspenseful TV drama? Okay, 
So I think there is a lot to like about Breaking Bad, and it's been very successful. So here's here's my pitch. We open on a wide shot of the Motorhome and Caravan Expo uh, in the Birmingham NEC. This is all post-lockdown, so that's all back on. Yeah, There's a lot of people there. There's a lot of um, vehicles there. And the camera very, very slowly zooms in on what looks like quite an ordinary caravan. So references here to Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, where they use yep. a motorhome. But this is a tow-along caravan. The yes. door bursts open. Ruth Maddock steps okay. out. Ruth Maddock from yep, Heidi but... High. Everyone knows who she is. Okay, of course they do. Ruth Maddock <laughs> steps out. She looks exhausted. Her skin is blotchy and red. It's very clear to the viewer immediately there's something wrong with Ruth Maddock. Eczema. Yes. It's eczema. It's eczema. <gasps> oh, my God. We discover very soon afterwards in a montage of shots that the bills she's paying for E45 cream are through the roof. They yes. are massive. So Ruth Maddock buys a caravan. Uh, on the way out of the motorhome uh, expo, she passes a man riding a penny farthing. He's got a massive beard and he's wearing altogether too much tweed. She kicks open the door and says, do you want to come with me, a Swansea? And he just gets in. Now, they go to the area just near Swansea, the Mumbles, and they start making the most incredible real ale. Oh, yeah. Craft ale. Really? Yeah. She picked the the right man for the job, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, In the the back of... You can probably see some similarities with Breaking Bad here. Yeah, I'm seeing. Think about it. The who's cinematic got, parallels. Who's yeah. got the Who's got the um, brewing expertise out of the two of them? Uh, the hipster, right on the on the. Um, so he's got brewing experience on the penny farthing. Of course, he has. But yeah. uh, 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 well, no, oh no, no, the, the other way around. He's like been an amateur, an amateur brewer, but Maddock has been a, a, a member a member of Camera, the mm. campaign for Real Ale, um, for years, and really knows what she's doing. Mm. They start making a massive amount of Real Ale, and uh, gangs of hipsters from South Wales are, are in opposition to them. Right. You know, the yeah. Brewdog people, it turns out, are Welsh. Sure. Uh, there's someone called Ian Paisley Adams, IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes after them. Yeah. Is that what that stands for? Yeah, Ian Paisley Adams. Carlsberg, yeah. Lagerfeld. Carl Sperg. That's yeah. one person. He's related to the Fatberg. Yeah. So yeah. it's basically Breaking Bad, but with real ale. And I would like to call it either Get Real Ale or... <laughs> Ailing fast because the mm. eczema's catching up with her. So, what is what is her motivation for? Uh, for because obviously in Breaking Bad, he's he's trying to get money for his family. Uh, what's uh, Ruth Maddox? Well, she the, the situation with the eczema is out of control, and E forty five is is not cheap. She tries other emollient <laughs> creams, right? Yeah, um, but none of them are available to her on the NHS, right? So she's really up against it. She's trying to make enough money. Uh, to 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 get the right the right creams. I see. I it's don't just want about to keeping on top of it. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to complicate it with her having a family. Also, I think with with Ruth Maddock, the idea of that is implausible. <laughs> <laughs> She's a loose cannon. Um, has she got eczema on her face, or, or is it everywhere? It's it, it, it's seasonal, Rachel. It's seasonal, <laughs> so it'll move round her body depending on the weather, yeah, yeah. pollen count, fabrics. Uh, stuff like that stress maybe i'm adding too much here is it possible to infer the future from reading her eczema yes yes it is that's exactly right and that's something she learns from the hipster right and she just calls him the hipster nice his his real name's barry but that's too confusing because they live quite near Barry. Yeah. So they don't that doesn't really come up in terms of treating the eczema has she tried a holistic approach just healthy eating, meditation. This is what he keeps mentioning. He keeps Googling <laughs> other solutions. And it's the one thing that tips her right over. She yeah. will go 
batshit if you start with that stuff. Mm -hmm. If you start suggesting Manuka honey or echinacea echinacea or acupuncture or any of those, she'll go mental. And that that really builds the tension of, like, say we have a classic tense negotiation scene, like in Breaking Bad, and uh, and in this particular occasion, the eczema has kind of crept up her neck and it's just visible above her collar. Um, Yeah, yeah. Like, you you, you see that if one of the people who's uh, doing the negotiation with is like, oh, what's, what's that? Is that... Oh, is that expert? Oh, you know what? I actually, and as the audience are immediately like, oh my God, don't. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't go even there. go there. And don't go there. And she, starts, and she starts off like she hasn't itched for a whole episode. Yeah. And then as they start saying that, you see her, just her hand reach behind. Oh, she just itches uh, her neck once. And you then start to see a, a minute later, she itches her arm twice. Yeah. And then she's itching and itching, scratching yeah. and scratching. And then she fucking lose yeah it's a warning <laughs> sign for anyone but of course they don't know it's a warning and yeah. it, it's it, it is going to be violent it is going to contain <laughs> unexpected violence it, yeah. it, much in the way that breaking bad actually does Are you know guns or is it no 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 absolutely not no guns because you know south wales but she will for example hurl a can of ipa very hard into someone's face. That'd that'd cause a really bad gash. Yeah, she'll yeah. smash someone's head into uh, one of their brewing setups. She'll drown people in ale. Um, that's probably about it. <laughs> so instead of uh, dumping them in, in in acid to dispose of bodies, she kind of puts them in a keg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. What if that's the 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 the, the, the what makes the ale successful? It's the flavour of dead oh, person. Like Sweeney Todd. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Like, like Sweeney Todd, but this time it's liquids. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do we think is uh, a kind of conclusion to this epic tale of real ale uh, that can be on the poster? Um, I would like to think that that just like in Breaking Bad, Maddock makes an astonishing amount of money mm. from this and in the end doesn't know what to do with it. And I, I, I should state as well, this this ale that she's making is being sold illegally. She's mm. not licensed for it. You're allowed to home brew. You're not allowed to brew and sell without a license. And that's what she's doing. That's where the money's coming from. Oh, and really? she's got she's got upwards of nine hundred million pounds. Wow. Wow. In Swansea. So she spends that on E45 cream. Predominantly. Yeah. And does, with. does it work? Does it soothe her eczema? It soothes it. It doesn't cure it. Right. So it, but, she's um, not here's, back. Here's the it? thing. What's, what's causing the eczema? Ultimately, it's stress. And yeah. her life is more and more stressful as each episode goes by. We can see it. The hipster yeah. can see it. Everyone can see it. Except her. Bar Maddock. What a what a clever device! Yeah. More Thank more you. stress, more E45 needed. The the, the mm. goalposts keep moving. She can't yeah, yeah, stop. Yeah. She has like twenty years supply, and the hipsters like, look, I think I think we're good to stop now. She's like, no, mm. I might live yeah. twenty one years. We need to keep going. Yeah, yeah, and I'd love to think that we could get sponsorship from Oilatum, maybe from <laughs> E45, Nestle, um, Lurpak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and every time she applies it, she can be like, you know, this cream is is really good and it really really works. I just need more. Yeah, do you, yeah, yeah. Do you think it would help raise the stakes a bit if somehow because of a plot, E forty five as a company starts to go into administration and they stop producing, so that E forty five becomes like a very rare substance. <laughs> yeah, she's to find. You it, have yeah. to. You, it's, it's hard to find, and you have to spend millions on it. They, um, I was thinking, if if E forty five becomes What's the word? Is it endangered as a product? Like rare? Surely it becomes more valuable, and then all of a sudden, Ruth Maddox sat on a twenty-year supply of it. She's got the only stockpile of E forty-five. Nice. That makes her a target. Oh, nice, yes. nice. People are going to be coming out of the woodwork for that sweet, yeah. sweet. The E forty-five, the eczema folks, the psoriasis sufferers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hives crew. It's not about. This is not about trivialising uh, eczema, though. That the whole, yeah, you know, like the whole situation should be treated very uh seriously it's you know um but obviously there's a there's a somewhat comedic twist to it that's what that's what you get with maddox she can convey the emotion whoa whoa whoa, whoa. which of these twists do you think is comedic 
Well, look, I, I, I can imagine, Paul, that there's plenty of scenes where she needs to desperately put on some E45 before some sort of important meeting. And there's so much E45 that she's just slipping and sliding around. Yeah. And there's definitely some good pratfalls from E45, very, I think. Very slapstick. Yeah, and I, I, certainly in a pilot script, I'm not against her saying things like, after she's drowned someone in, in ale, walking out and going, he was looking pale. <laughs> just stuff. Is, just that, is that how she's going to? Is that how she's going to deliver that line? Maddo. Yeah. He was looking pale. Well, no, she'd. she'd but it'd be very Welsh if it's Maddo. He yeah. was looking pale. Yeah. Or what about? Um, he wasn't exactly a barrel of laughs. It's stuff like nice. that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He. Um, you could say he was looking like he was drowning in ale and everyone's like wait you put him in a no 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 uh... no it's a pun it's a no, it's word pun. Pun. It's not, no it's to- totally not it's no just, no yeah. it's, it's just a statement of fact pronounced <laughs> like a pun <laughs> yes you could say I murdered him <laughs> Those are our three ideas. Let me just recap them real quick before we pick what we think best fits the category of a suspenseful TV drama. First, we have Paul's idea, which is under where which has a cast entirely played by Muppets or Sesame Street characters. That's the thing. Well, I say entirely. We'll come back to that later. We see three independent contractors who are working in the sewers of New York City breaking down a fatberg. But guess what? The fatberg isn't all it seems. It's alive and it drags away one of the contractors. They give chase and discover a cult of rich and influential people who worship the Fatbergs. There are two contractors who survive and they team up with Grover from Sesame Street who plays a detective and a scientist who is played by just a regular person with no acting experience. Why are all these celebrities and influential people eating from the Fatberg? Is it a religious cult? Nobody knows, but we'll find out. And also the Fatberg is at least a tiny percentage made of Silvio Berlusconi. Rachel's idea, Speak Hard, features Nathan Fillion as the IT guy, a computer repairman who steals the bank info from his clients one tiny amount at a time, and only does it very rarely. He starts at small amounts like $2, but before long he can't help himself and he builds to amounts like 4 or $5. He takes that money and places bets all around town, uses that money to play the stock market, uses that money to buy and sell weed, and uses that money to open an illegal speakeasy. He's reached sky high. There's men in pinstripe. Smoke fills the air. There's dancing girls. Could anything go wrong? Well, turns out his wife, NASCAR 3000, who initially doesn't know about the speakeasy, finds out and gains some notoriety herself. And at the end of season one, a rival speakeasy opens up. And who is it who's at the helm? It's only NASCAR 3000. End of season. Next up, we have Marx's idea, get real ale or ailing fast. We open on a wide shot that very slowly pans in on an ordinary caravan. The door bursts open. It's Ruth Maddock, and she's got eczema. She's paying bills that are through the roof for her E45 cream and has to craft a uh, scheme by teaming up with a hipster that she sees by the side of the road to make craft ale. There's massive pushback from the South Wales beer scene. There's lots of tension throughout. Ruth's eczema flares up when she's stressed or if there's any suggestion of a herbal or natural remedy and it makes her loses it. With this much conflict, this much stress, there's more E45 cream needed. Will the cycle ever end? We may never know and that's what makes it suspenseful. So which ideas do we think best fit the category of a suspenseful TV drama? Let's start with Rachel. What do you think? I'd have to go with the Fatberg. Oh, um, under? Where? Under? Where? Where? <laughs> why, why, why is that? What, what, what about that stands out to you? No one's... Ha- a lot of suspenseful TV dramas have, I think, in a flawed way, have a human villain. And I think having a villain that is matter <laughs> is original and, and terrifying. Yeah, yes. I think that's really interesting. And I like, I like the Power Rangers way that it can come together and separate and then join up again. So I just think it's... It's a much more original um, uh, uh, threat or antagonist in the story, yeah. which I like. I know this is late in the oh, day, thanks, but, but perhaps, perhaps our own humanity or lack of could be reflected somehow in the Fatberg, who yeah. in uh, in the end is absolutely <laughs> it's evil, very shiny. Yeah, yeah depending yeah. on how, how viscous it is. Yeah, evil, but also capable of, of very complex emotional responses. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So. Rachel's vote is under where? Let's have Marcus's idea. What is your vote for a suspenseful TV drama? 
Well, look, this is awkward because Paul is one of my dearest friends in the world and Rachel is my wife. So obviously I'm voting for my wife. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. no, but genuinely, I think in terms of suspense, someone who steals such tiny amounts of money, I think that the audience will, when they see a little glimpse of where that eventually takes him, and yeah. start doing the sums in their own head about how long that's likely to have taken. I think that defines suspense because I've done some rough calculations based on the initial premise, and it's around four to five hundred years. Yeah. Oh wow. Give yeah. or take. So people will be going. How does this work? This is going to be a lot of seasons. Yeah. 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 Well then, that leaves Paul. Which idea do you think best fits the category as a suspenseful TV drama? Well, let me just consult my notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, our, Rachel's idea, according to the research I've just done. Oh um, wow, amazing! But I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Yes, and this is why, and it's because, right? I can genuinely see an uptick in um, low-level crime as a direct <laughs> consequence of Rachel's show. Nice. Because I think what Rachel's done is Rachel started in a position that is, if anything, absurdly achievable. Yes, it's true. Yeah. For true. most people. Yeah. And Rachel's going to embolden um, people to perform very petty but still crime in their own lives. Mm-hmm. And what could be more suspenseful than watching a TV show and then deciding to go out in the world and steal two pounds worth of things from a person with the actual risk of real-world consequences <laughs> and but knowing that your only defence is, oh, I watched Nathan Fillion do this yeah. in a TV show and it, I was inspired. It works for him. I think, I, think, I think it resonates on a much more direct level with most audience members where I think, and not to disparage Marcus's idea, which I really like, I think Marcus's idea principally resonates with Ruth Maddock. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the, and the E45 industry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, then, with that, they're all fantastic ideas, but Speak Hard, starring Nathan Fillion as the IT guy, is our winner for a suspenseful TV drama. Well done, Rachel. You've taken it, you've snatched it out from everyone else. Thank you. When do I receive the money to get it started? I'll I'll keep you in suspense. Okay, great. (laughs) This episode of Because You Watched featured Paul Foxcroft. Rachel Paris, Marcus Brigstock, and me, Rory Banks. It was produced by Joe Grace and Martin Tricky.